This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Chappie, where are you? Just put in that tape. There's an order. Nothing you can do about me. Chappie, I want to help you. Where are you? Climb high like I told you. Doug, I ain't gonna make it. All right, Doug, this is the tape I wanted you to play. It's a copy of my favorite podcast, 80s Revisited. Go something like this. Welcome back, everybody. The latest and greatest episode of 80s Revisited, your latest blast to the past. With me, your host, the iron to Jesse Sedgley, my producer's eagle, Trey Harris. And as I just mentioned, also (laughs) with us today, my producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Anyway, we are talking about... My wife, one of my wife's, strangely enough, favorite movies, Iron Eagle, uh, the first of a quadrilogy, by the way, in case you didn't know. But uh, let's get the who, where, when, what out of the way. Iron Eagle released January 17th, 1986. IMDb gives it a 5.4. Rotten Tomatoes, 20% critics. However, 57% audience, which is why we got three more of these. Uh, budget was 18 million estimated. Opened strong opening, 6.1 million. Good enough to be number one for the week. Uh, it opened against the color purple, which was number two in its fifth week. Out of Africa, also in its fifth week at number three. Number four was a sequel to Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, in its sixth week. And number five was Rocky Four in its eighth week. So actually, a pretty damn good uh, time to go to the movies. Uh, the weekend of January 17th, 1986. It would go on domestically to gross 24.1, making about $6 million above its budget, which to me still doesn't warrant any sequels, only making $6 million above its budget. However, they did it. Uh, but anyway, it was directed by Sidney J. Fury. Cool name. He directed Iron Eagle 2 and 4. For some reason, he didn't do 3. And speaking of 4s, he also did Superman 4 and the 90s comedy, uh, I was going to say underrated, or, it's not underrated. And it's just a 90s comedy, Ladybugs, with the late Rodney Dangerfield and the late Jonathan Brandis, where Jonathan Brandis decides to dress up like a girl to play in girls' soccer so their team could win, a movie that would absolutely not fly today. Mm. Uh, written by Kevin Allen Elders, uh, who also wrote Iron, Iron Eagle 2 and 3, and Sidney Fury also had writing credit on this, as well as Iron Eagle 2 and 3 also. Cinematography, probably the, the MVP of the movie, uh, not necessarily for this movie, but what he would go on to do or what he had done before uh, was Adam Greenberg. He was a cinematographer on Terminator 1 and 2, Patrick Swayze's Ghost, Renaissance Man, Sister Act, and he kept it with planes again uh, not too long ago with Snakes on a Plane, uh, starring the great. And the reason, honestly, the reason this movie uh, probably spawned four sequels because they all starred him. Louis Gossett Jr. is Chappie. No, not a robot made by Hugh, uh, not Hugh Jackman, Dev Patel in a lab. Uh, but of course, Louis Gossett Jr., veteran of the podcast, Jaws 3, Officer and a Gentleman, Enemy Mine, storied career, very, very talented actor. And as our main character, Jason Gedrick is Doug. What a great name for a lead Doug. character in a movie. <laughs> Doug. Doug Masters. At least he's got a cool last name. Uh, but he was in Dexter and Bosch, uh, did a lot of TV. But most notably, what I remember him from, aside from this film, is a little film called Backdraft, starring Kurt Russell and one of the Baldwin brothers that didn't shoot somebody on set with a firearm. Uh, but he's the one, I always remember it because he's the one, he's Tim, because he's, uh, you check that door for heat, Tim? He's that guy. 
uh, gets blown up that didn't check the door for heat. Something pretty damn basic in fireman training, according to the movie Backdraft. Uh, also starring, now this movie has a ton of great 80s character actors and actresses uh, filling out the rest of the cast. You got Larry B. Scott, just talked about him on Space Camp. Uh, he's also in Revenge of the Nerds, but he's Reggie in this one. Uh, Jerry Levine is Tony, most notably. He's Styles from Teen Wolf. He was also in K-9 with the lesser of the Belushi brothers. And nowadays, mainly, he directs a lot of TV shows, including Hawaii Five-0 and Elementary with uh, the former Mr. Angelina Jolie and what's her name? Lucy Liu? Yeah, the one from Ally McBeal. And uh, Charlie's Angels, that's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. And Kill Bill. She's in Kill Bill, too. Should should remember that. Uh, anyway, also starring... Uh, it, it was To me, it was hilarious seeing her pop up in this, but Melora Hardin as Katie. Uh, most notably, she's Jan from The Office. She was also in... You know, some romantic comedies back in the day, like 27 Dresses. Uh, Robbie Rist is Milo in this. Uh, he does a ton, a ton of cartoon voice acting. But most notably, he is the voice of Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action trilogy. The, fir- the first three. And he's reprised that role in some other things, too. Uh in the recent, with like the numerous, which I didn't, I didn't know there were so many damn iterations of Ninja Turtles until recently because my daughter is finally in the Ninja Turtles. And I know, Jesse, you were trying to get me on the 2012 series years and years ago, mm-hmm. which she's gotten into. However, she likes that rise of the Ninja Turtles series on Netflix more than the 2012 one, which to my dismay, I don't like it as good as the 2012 I don't even know what that is. So, yeah, it's, it's, got a, it's more like a basic, almost kind of like a comic strip kind of art style to it. Whereas the 2012 one to me like is full of like adult references and 80s movies references and pop culture stuff and all that. But uh, she loves it. That's what matters. And we got her some nunchucks the other day. So she's living the dream of a four-year-old right now. And I couldn't be more proud. Uh, also starring Michael Bowen as Notcher. He was in Night of the Comet. It, uh, he was, In Kill Bill, he was Buck. You know, I'm Buck and I like to fuck. That's... Michael Bowen, and he was also in another Tarantino film, Jackie Brown, one of Tarantino's underrated films, if you ask me, or underappreciated, undermentioned, however you want to put it. Yeah, that's it. All, the turtles look weird in the Rise one. Like, Raphael is, like, yeah. huge, and the other ones are, like, like Mikey's really tiny, and the other ones are, it's not a bad art style, but the 2012 one is so much better. And to be honest with you, the 2012 Ninja Turtle series, animated series, is better than the original. In like every way, even the theme song slaps harder than the original. And yes, I'm not on crack. That is 100% true. Check out the 2012 Ninja Turtle series on Netflix. Jesse tried to get me to do it years ago, and I watched a couple <laughs> episodes, but getting into it now with my daughter, I really like, appreciate it. I like how episodic it is. Yeah. It goes on for yeah, many, exactly. many seasons. Yeah, and it's just, it's just good. It's just entertaining. Like the whole, it has its own. Uh, obviously look to it, but just, it has a, such a unique vibe to it. It's Ninja Turtles, but it's fresh and it's new, even though it's 10 years old at this point. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Ninja Turtles podcast. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, also starring Tim Thomerson as Ted, Doug's dad. So he's Ted Masters. Uh, he was also in Near Dark. And most notably, he's famous for the Full Moon uh, Studios Trancers series. Uh, also starring Tom Fridley as Brillo. He's a veteran of the podcast. He was not only in The Karate Kid, but he was Court in Friday the 13th Part 6. He's the one who dies after his girlfriend's face gets shoved through the RV because he's too busy rocking out to... Uh, it wasn't Ozzy. It was, some, it was some band. I don't remember who it was now. Uh, and then also the lovely and talented Shawnee Smith as Joni. Uh, she was a veteran of the podcast. She was in The Blob. 
Uh, she was on the TV show Becker with uh, what's his name, Ted Danson. And most, I guess, more famously or most famously for her, I guess, uh, she became a recurring character in the Saw franchise. And last but not least, David Sachet as the Minister of Defense, the villain of this movie. He was also an executive decision, Greystoke, and a veteran of the podcast because he was LaFleur, the villainous Sasquatch hunter from Harry and the Hendersons. So yeah, pretty stacked cast, to be honest with you. Uh, an amazingly 80s cast. I mean, obviously it was made in the 80s, but a lot of notable 80s uh, character actors uh, in this film. And I got to admit, I had seen this movie a long time ago before, uh, but I don't think I've ever seen it from beginning to end until recently. And like I said, Autumn loves this movie. Weird. So I really kind of consider watching it the other day to be, honestly, the first time I've actually like seen it and paid attention to it. Because when I saw it as a kid... I, I'll be honest, this came out in January of 86. Top Gun came out in like May or June. I'm, I'm, I'm Still to this day, I'm a Top Gun guy. Even this, I mean, not just because Maverick is one of the greatest sequels ever made, but because the original Top Gun is way better than this movie on so many levels. Uh, however, that being said, uh, this movie is a fantastic, cheesy-as-hell 80s romp. Uh Top Gun is kind of like the machismo-fueled jet fighter movie of the 80s, where this one is more of Red Dawn meets Top Gun kind of thing, like the absurdity. Your Top Gun, the plot of Top Gun isn't very absurd. It's very grounded, if you really want to, you know, if you really kind of look at it. Uh, this one is just completely, this is such an 80s plot. Uh, and again, I didn't remember any of this as a kid, like the main gist of it basically being Red Dawn meets Top Gun, to where the kids where Ted, Ted Masters, gets shot down. So Doug Masters, a little kid who has their own club uh, of, of pilots, because, you know, that's what privileged kids do in California when you can afford your own airplane. You know, you have a club where all your kids and friends who are pilots hang out and <laughs> sort all sorts of stuff. Uh, so the plot is, is absolutely ridiculously absurd in this film. However... It is so great because of that absurdity, and it goes, it goes for it. That's what I think the charm of this film. That's what won me over because I'm watching it like this is so dumb. This is this is ridiculously stupid, so stupid. But it's like the whole time I got a smile on my face because it is, it's quintessentially '80s. Like you can't make this. I, I I truly wish they would remake this movie today, or just do an Iron Eagle Five where it's basically a reboot, yeah, or what they call it a uh, not a reboot, a uh, not a reimagining. Hmm. Um, I'm at loss for the word. Like what? Uh, right? Uh, not a uh, the new Force Awakens was. It wasn't a reboot, but it's basically the same movie as Star Wars, but it's uh, different. Like just inspired by or uh, um, yeah, I, there's a word for it. I can't think yeah, of it right now. Write it in. But I would love this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Help me out because I'm an old man. Uh, but like, th I would love to see this a, a movie as absurd as this be made today with like Brad Pitt and like amazing like actors but like playing it super serious like they are in this movie uh just for the sheer like nostalgia and ridiculousness of it because they commit everybody in this movie commits to the absurdity of this movie especially casa jr and honestly without him this movie would not be anywhere near where it is he he truly is the the glue the icing the cherry on top he's everything to this movie without him this movie probably would be completely forgettable to be honest with you or at least nowhere near what it was to where it spawned four sequels, all starring Louis Gossett Jr. But yeah, uh, it's just uh, actually here's my, here's my biggest complaint about this movie. 
and of course, you know, Top Gun went for realism and all that. So I'm, I, I, it, it, it's, it's both fair and unfair to compare this film to Top Gun because again, one, they're they're two totally different tonal movies uh, for what they are. However, since they both involve aircraft and dogfighting, all that kind of stuff, there's a, and they released within the same year, less than a year of each other. There's obviously a comparison to be made there, but again, while although I might compare it. I, excuse me. I will compare it occasionally throughout the episode, this episode, but uh, I do recognize it is unfair at the same time because of how different they are. But the thing that just bugs me so bad about this movie—that's just it. Every time it, ha- it happened, every single time they shot somebody down because uh, they don't know how physics works in this movie, in Iron Eagle. Whereas in Top Gun, you know, I've got Tone firing. You know, he shoots, mm-hmm. he pushes the button. You see the shot of the missile detach from the plane. You see the missile go through the air, track the jet. You see the pilot go, ah, and then you see the, the jet blow up. <laughs> In this movie, he's just like, get him, Doug. And he pushes the button. The next shot after he pushes the button, <laughs> either if it's a missile or a machine gun, is instant explosion of the enemy plane. There is no other cut. It is Click, boom. There is nothing between that. And it drove me absolutely insane because that's <laughs> not how that's not how planes work. It's the that's arcade version of Top Gun. There you go. It's a afterburner. Yeah. The, the second game. Uh, you know, so and again, is that a nitpick? Yes. Is it valid? I hate to say it, it is. But again, for the absurdity and for the ludicrousness of this movie. It, it's fine. I'm fine with it. I, I'm being. I'm just look. I'm, I'm. I'm reaching for some humor bits in here because this movie is a joke. This movie's an absolute joke of a. I, I, this it, it wouldn't be made today just because how. Well, maybe it would because it's so absurd. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, it'd be a lot different, I guess I should say. But again, I don't mean to sound too too critical of it because I did and I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, I can see if I would have seen it more as a kid or maybe actually rented it and watched, paid more attention to it, I probably would have loved it a lot more. So I'm, my point of view of, Iron, of the first Iron Eagle is I'm looking back at it, being familiar with it, but literally, like I said, I would consider not really even seeing it truly from beginning to end till just recently. And so I can look at it both ways, critically, expect, I, I look at it definitely critically because it, it's terrible, but also from the sheer enjoyment factor and how much, how great it is. It's, it's that typical kid movie where kids can do whatever adults can do, but better. Oh, I can... Oh, you know what? My dad's a top-notch fighter pilot in the Air Force, but he gets shot down. But I can get—I can steal a plane from the United States Air Force and fly all the way across the country, a uh, world, and save him in a plane by myself against an entire nation's army with Louis Gossett Jr. Of course, so I shouldn't say by myself. Uh, that just proves that all th- with with Louis Gossett Jr. All things are possible. Uh, that's what it proves. But uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> but it's again, it's it's there's no it's it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's it's a it's a great eighties movie. You stunts. Uh, but that's where it ends. Yeah, but that yeah, this opening <laughs> sequence, I got wait till we get to the trivia. Just wait. Uh, about this opening sequence with the uh the Snake Canyon race. Uh, but anyway, Jesse, I know you're, pre- you're you're familiar with Iron Eagle at least a little bit more than I was at first because I believe you actually rented it a couple of times, which I never did. Yeah. So uh, what is your what does your memory of Iron Eagle say? I remember seeing that sweet cover at the local Del Champs, which was a supermarket that rented out like what three shelves worth of movies, and like mm-hmm. they're all much older. So it was either between this or I could. Uh, what was that old Sega game called Biohazard or something like that? It was either. <laughs> 
getting one of those games or getting this. But yeah, I've rented this uh, a few times, and I remember enjoying it. And I gotta say, this remaster, watching it in YouTube on YouTube, just the clips, looks good. It's really uh, not as clear as I, I didn't see the 4K one. They should need to have that. I guess I should have watched it on YouTube, rented it on YouTube instead of a uh, yeah. Amazon. But uh, yeah, complete. Like I agree 100. percent Like if I would have seen this when I was younger, I would have much more of a fonder nostalgic take on it. But I could absolutely see how. You know, when somebody like uh, Johnny uh, from Karate Kid, that's like his favorite movie on the on the Cobra Kai show. Uh, I could see why. Like, I mean, I, this is this is Red Dawn mixed with Top Gun, like literally that. Except, you know, you're a Ruskies. There was another, you know, there, there was a whole bunch of movies back then in the '80s where it was like the bad guys, you know, kids have to end up saving the world from nuclear destruction kind of themes. You know, War Games, Iron Eagle, Red Dawn, Ruskies. Several, like several, several movies involving that same kind of thing. Uh, and here, since the Russians are our enemies again, we need another one. We need another mm-hmm. one. Some kids. Well, I guess we, oh, no, we, oh, no, we had it. We had it. Stranger Things already did it. The Russians are the enemies again. Kids mm-hmm. save the world again, twice, season three and four uh, from the Ruskies. So uh, there you go. But yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah am I going to watch the sequels? Absolutely not. <laughs> but <laughs> I will defend this movie as somebody, you know, say, oh, that's just a Top Gun ripoff. No. No, it's not. It's not. It came out first, and it's it's completely different from Top Gun. It's a totally different animal. Is it worthy to lick Top Gun's afterburners? No. But it is still a fantastic movie. Uh, in terms of when it the time when it was released. Put it to you that way. So, but moving on to the trivia, I got some really like this, you know, for uh, not too many facts, but like some actually really interesting facts about the making of Iron Eagle. Uh, the basis of the story actually relates to real life attacks uh, by the United States against Libya over the Gulf of Sidara, in particular the 1981 Gulf of Sidara incident. Uh, that was in August 19th, 1981. Two Libyan S 22 fighters fired upon two uh, F-14 Tomcats, which are not the jets in this movie, but are the jets in Top Gun, and they were subsequently shot down off the Libyan coast. Uh, Libya had claimed the entire Gulf was their territory with an exclusive 62 nautical mile fishing zone, which Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi, rest in peace, not really in peace, uh, being facetious there, asserted as the, quote, line of death in 1973. And in fact, two further incidents occurred in the area in 86 and 89. And as I mentioned before, during the snake scene, the race in the beginning where the villainous, uh, what was his name, Notcher wants to race Doug in a, in a uh, Cessna while he's on a motorcycle through Snake Canyon. Uh, he races his Cessna 150 against a motorcycle. Uh, the pilot of the Cessna was a renowned aerobatic pilot named Art Shaw. He was actually, unfortunately, killed later this same year in 86 when his Pitts S2 camera plane crashed while filming in cockpit footage for the flat spin sequence in Top Gun. Oh. So uh, there you go. There's, there's, unf- there's another unfair comparison about yeah. this movie. Top uh, Gun killed more people than this movie. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know it from how many people die in this movie, <laughs> just from one one Iron Eagle, so well, to speak. They played and it I do, safe. And honestly, I, gotta, <laughs> I do have to say, like the title, like the great cool ass title, Iron Eagle. That's a badass title. Yeah, like for a plane, you know, like that, that cool title. 
you know, like I said, right. This franchise is right for a remake reboot kind of thing. But uh, anyway, the character of this is, this is one of the most interesting facts in the entire movie. I thought the character of Colonel Charles Chappie Sinclair was actually inspired by real life U S air force general, David Chappie James jr. Uh, general Chappie James was a member of the famed all black Tuskegee airmen. He also flew fighter jets in the Korean war and Vietnam. And he later became the first black four-star general in U S history. So, uh, the character he's based off of is one of the, you know, highly, most highly decorated, uh, fighter pilots of all time, pretty much. Uh, and Morgan Freeman actually also auditioned for the role of Chappie, which, uh, Love Morgan Freeman, but this is not the movie. This one was not the movie for him. Yeah. <laughs> if they do the remake, he can be the he can be the, he can take on the Chappie role, even though Gossett Jr. should absolutely one hundred percent reprise the role again because he's still alive and kicking. <laughs> I just couldn't see Morgan Freeman doing the 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 Tate monologue at the end. It'd be uh, it, Junior just really again like I I can't I can't say that enough like Louis Gossett Jr. like just takes this movie to another level with his character in this film. And hey, it's a PG movie with the F-bomb too, by the way. Uh, and according to the DVD liner notes, uh, the U.S. Air Force was going to consult on the film until they read the script and realized that uh, kind of a major part of the plot is that uh, Doug and his friends hack into the Air Force computers, steal equipment, uh, top-secret intelligence, two fully-armed planes... Uh, yeah, so at that point, the Air Force said, uh, no, nah, we don't like the idea about that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're not going to support you anymore. And uh, strangely enough, or funny enough, I guess I should say, the film was originally intended to be released in the summer of 86. But when they heard Top Gun was uh, coming out in the summer of 86, they said, nope, release it now in January to avoid what they labeled as, quote, confusion. Which, hmm. uh, that's definitely a real thing. I mean, facetious. Uh, it's actually a real thing because, you know, you had Transformers coming out in theaters. And meanwhile, in the Walmart DVD bin, you had Transmorphers mm-hmm. making a killing because some people don't read. They just read the headline. They don't read the article. Yep. Uh, in some scenes, some of the ordinance, ordinance carried on the Essex scene was actually real rather than props. At one point during filming, the Israeli Air Force was called upon to carry out a strike against terrorist targets in Lebanon, and a ground controller saw a pair of IAF F-16s already in the air with the required loadout and vectored them toward the target. They were halfway to the target when someone realized the aircraft had been ordered to attack were attached to the film shoot and that the planes were emblazoned with American markings and insignia. They were called from the strike. They were recalled from carrying out the strike in the nick of time to avoid an international incident so top gun can't make that claim they did get a pilot killed but they didn't almost cause world war (laughs) three by uh, having planes with you know israeli planes with u.s markings on them because they were used for filming actually bomb a target in lebanon (laughs) Uh, the thing is you know even if that if that did happen nobody would believe it yeah sure it's a film shoot iron eagle was just a false flag operation to cause us to go to war with lebanon that's exactly what Alex Jones would say. Actually, he won't ever say that anymore That's again because right. he is thankfully done. Bye bye. <laughs> you think he's done? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope Jesus so. Christ. Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, those people never I mean, showed up. We'll, we'll always have gay frogs. So for that, I'm eternally thankful. But everything else, he can go rotten hell. Uh, Iron anyway, the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> Bob in Lebanon caused the frog juice to get leaked out to cause the frog to turn gay. <laughs> All sorts of crazy stuff with that man. Jesus, what a what a loony! And you know what? 
Uh oh. Yeah, nah, I'm not I'm not gonna do the woke alert. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue that thought. Uh, not right now, at least. Anyway, let's move on. As a, uh, as we that last fact kind of alluded to, all the fighter aircraft used were Israeli Air Force aircraft repainted with US Air Force symbols and fictitious enemy symbols for the bad guys. Uh, and Emilio Estevez was actually considered for the role of Doug, which would have been fitting way better than uh than uh, what's his uh, I gotta go back uh, Jason Gedrick. Uh, because I, w- I would compare this film in a, in a lot of ways to Streets of Fire, which we covered not too long ago, which I, I really, really enjoyed Streets of Fire, but that lead character uh, you know, was was what held the film back. And I think, same thing in this film. This film, you know, Gossett Jr., is, this is his show. But if you had a stronger lead character actor as well, that would have made, that would have elevated it even more. Because the guy playing Doug is just so terrible. So, I mean, no yeah. offense, Jason Gedrick. <laughs> if you ever want to come on the podcast and talk about it, we can. <laughs> uh, oh, the invitation's always open, but this, I mean, let's be honest. There's a reason why you weren't in any of the other ones. Uh, and I'm not talking shit. I mean, that's just, it's literally a fact. So, hey, can't argue with facts, right? I guess you can sure. in this country. And, here, and speaking, you know, Emilio would have been great, but they also considered for Doug's dad, Chevy Chase. Of all people, <laughs> National Lampoon's Iron Eagle. Uh, yeah, that would not have worked at uh, all. Doug, Doug, I'm, I'm down here, Doug. Yes. Falls off the ladder. Oh, live from New York, it's Iron Eagle. Yeah, would not work with Chevy Chase. Cannot see that at all. Uh, this is Now, this is hilarious because an uh, odd bit of serendipity, so to speak, because, of course, you know, I grew up in Baton Rouge. I grew up in Baton Rouge. Uh, we moved to a little town called... Uh, Oxnard, California for a couple years before we moved here to St. George in Utah uh, because of house prices and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but the stateside scenes around the Air Force Base were filmed at Camarillo Airport in, you guessed it, Oxnard, California. So we And I didn't know this fact until doing the research for this. So yeah. unfortunately, Autumn didn't get to visit her, the, the uh, site of one of her favorite films where it was filmed here, right there in Oxnard, right by our house. Uh, in real life, the Camarillo Airport was Oxnard Air, Oxnard Air Force Base until the base closed in 1970. As in this movie, Oxnard flew fighter aircraft operating the supersonic McDonnell F-101 Voodoo and Convair F-106 Delta Dart until the base closed. Some of the buildings still exist on the property adjacent to the airfield were built and used by the Air Force. And as we mentioned, uh, three sequels, Gossett Jr. appears in every one of them as chappy uh, score wise critical. If I, if I was right, if I was right again, there's going to be two scores for this. As I tend to do sometimes critically. This is a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the effects are, you know, aside from gossip, aside from the care, you, know, you got character actors doing their job. I'm not going to talk bad about the character actors. Your main character is a dud. Gossip jr. Carries this film. Uh, the, the planes blowing up are clearly fiber, <laughs> like just, you know, on a stick models. There's no, there's no real, you know, the real you know, Top Gun comes out six months after this and just blows it away with the aerial photography. I mean, absolutely. You know, the air, they, this is Iron Eagle reuses a lot of shots, too, of like some of the planes like banking. You see the same shot a couple of times. And again, the instant kill of push the button, <laughs> even with guns. And if you played any kind of fighting game, even arcade ones like Air Combat, Ace Combat uh, games on PlayStation or PC or whatever, you know. <laughs> guns don't cause them to instantly blow up. You, that's a hell of a hit if you get a one-shot kill with a bullet. 
on an airplane. Hell of a shot. <laughs> uh, that's like motherfucking Death Star like level quality like targeting. But yeah, critically wise, this is a four. It's it's you know <laughs> put, now taking off the criticat and looking at it for the sheer fun and enjoyment. It's an eight. So let's split the difference and say the official my official eighties revisited score would be a six. Uh, again, it's not a, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. Uh, it's fun. Like I said, it's fun. It's dumb. It's dumb fun. There you go. It is absolute dumb fun, but it is absolutely eighties, yeah. uh, in every aspect of it, which is, you know, kind of the purpose of this podcast. So if you want a nice little dose of eighties cheese, there's not much better. Well, there's a lot better, but there's also <laughs> a lot worse you could do as opposed to iron Eagle. Uh, Jesse, uh, based on your memory, if you had to throw out a score, and based on these clips, you basically we basically watched the whole movie since we've been sitting here talking, right? For the most part. So, uh, based on your memory, what would you kind of give it from a from that perspective? I mean, six seems okay, probably a little high. Um, I think it's shot pretty well on the ground in the sky. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there's it's just close ups and nothing else much going on. Yeah, I'd go like a five and a half. Sounds good to me. We'll roll with it. So there you go. The official age visited word and seal of approval on Iron Eagle. And again, this released January 17th, 1986 in the real world. Some interesting things were going on, actually. Uh, Three days later, the United Kingdom and France announced their plans to construct the Channel Tunnel, a.k.a. the Channel. And then, let's see, 17th, uh, a week later, the Voyager 2 space probe made its first encounter, because we're 12, Uranus. (laughs) Uh, And strangely enough, the same day, the same day, the Voyager 2 space probe made its first encounter with Uranus. L. Ron Hubbard died. Good fucking riddance. Uh, he suffered a stroke on January 17th, the same day the movie came out. <laughs> He's like, this movie, oh my God, this movie's amazing. Has a stroke. Thetans and he died everywhere. a week later. <laughs> his stations couldn't handle it after watching Iron Eagle and exploded out of his heart. Uh, his body was cremated and the ashes were scattered at sea. Uh, Scientology leaders announced that his body had become an impediment to his work and that he had decided to, quote, drop his body to continue his research on another planning, planet, having, quote, learned how to do it without a body. And I, you can't, I know you can't see this when I'm just doing that jack off motion. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. Extreme eye rolls. idiots. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Scientology. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, crazy. A lot of far-fetched religions, and that's just another one. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's a bona fide cult. You have to pay. You have to. You have to pay. Yeah, the therefore, it's a cult. Stuff. Yep. So, you, uh, and Mormonism, you have to. You have to tie ten percent. You have to. Well, you don't have. I learned about this in my research. I moved, again, I moved to Utah, so what's the first question people ask me? Uh, oh, you're Mormon? Mormons. Nope. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, I do my research on religion. I'm at the school. I have a minor in religion from LSU. Not that that matters. Uh, but I uh, do my research on Mormonism. I didn't know this, but, you know, because you have oh, – around here you have a Latter-day – like, you know, you don't call it – it's not Mormon anymore. It's You're supposed to say LDS. So if I say Mormon, I'm not saying meaning it to be derogatory. Uh, I should be saying LDS. I have no problem adjusting my language to reflect the changing times. But on every corner, there's an LDS church. But they have these giant temples. There's a huge, like from where my uh, where we're staying now, we can see the giant macaroni. That's a wink because I know it's Moroni. Moroni, as they say in South Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golden statue shining in the sun when the sun hits it at certain times of day from here. Uh, but to get into the temple... 
you have to prove to the church on your taxes that you, in fact, tithe 10% of your income. Wow. So there is a uh, culty aspect to it. But hey, no, not talking crap. I've never met a Mormon who was uh, unhappy. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if, you know, I'm not sure what they're drinking. Uh, it's not, it's not, la- it's not Sinai lace flavorade, at least yet. Uh, but every religion has its issues. I'm not just picking on Mormons. Because, uh, like I said, <laughs> compared to a lot of the Christians I see, they're pretty nice. They're way much, they're yeah. more, more, much, much nicer to deal with. But anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, haven't seen anything too new. I know Elvis is on digital. I want to watch the new Elvis movie. Uh, however, we, I did finish, I'm not sure if you watch it, Jesse, but The Boys on Amazon Prime season three finished that. And uh, thanks to our good friend Perry's recommendation, I started playing a game called Apex Legends. Uh, really? Which, uh, it's it's an, it's older, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I played yeah. it when it came out. I played with him a few times. Didn't kind of dig it, but then when I was down there uh, in Louisiana a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, we used to have you know people playing it with us, and now it's just me and Lacey, his girlfriend." It's like, "Oh, I'll jump on you. I'll give it a try." And I've I've been playing a hell out of it lately, so kind of kind of hooked me a little bit. Mm. But again, it's another battle royale game. It's fine. I like the character design. It's great. It's fun. Uh, but it's I, I don't I don't think I'm going to be a long term <laughs> sweaty yeah. player. As they go, but it's it's definitely a fun game and it's free. So if you're interested in checking out Apex Legends, it's a pretty fun uh, duo or trio right. style battle royale. Uh, I enjoy it actually. So hmm. I'm not sure how much, how far you how much you how much your experience was with it, Jesse. But a uh, lot of fun. I enjoy uh, I it. I enjoy a few it. Times when I was playing a lot of those types of games, so it translated pretty easily. It's fun. It's it's it. like I like again. Like I think the thing that hooks me more so than like you know uh, public. Player unknown battlegrounds like the first one I saw at your house like wow this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know it really doesn't have that kind of character to it. And then Fortnite comes out and or for excuse me Fortnite came out and then evolved into a battle royale side from what it originally was, and has like you know basically became Ready Player One, but Apex kind of has its own like lore and everything which uh, I like. And it's by Respawn, the people that split off from uh, Infinity Ward and uh, the previous game was a game called Titanfall. And Titanfall, especially Titanfall 2, uh, which had an incredible story. Uh, it was one of the best FPSs that came out that year, if not the best FPS that came out that year. I'd have to go back and look at the list. <laughs> but I'm pretty. it was pretty damn good. It was better than the Call of Duty that came out that year for sure. I think Infinite Warfare, that was the year Infinite Warfare came out. Uh, but yeah, uh, Titanfall 2, if you haven't played it, play it. But uh, there's some... Uh, lore ties between Titanfall and Apex, which is pretty cool. So, uh, any any new stuff that you've gotten to do since the four days ago? I think we last talked. <laughs> Not much going on. Um, now that Better Call Saw is over, I'm gonna try to watch them all. Um, yeah, I gotta catch up on this last season. And then, what was the one you just mentioned? Oh, The Boys. Yeah, I'm still like halfway through season two. That is my. Uh, my treadmill watch and it goes to show how much I've been walking on the treadmill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got to commit to it. It's like, okay, I like the show. I want to watch it. So better, you know, start walking. I want to see the next episode. I got to start walking. <laughs> yeah. pretty much. That's, that's a good way to do it though, to be honest with you. you know, there's incentive there. Discipline. So yeah, I tried to get uh, my wife to do it, to pick a show that she enjoys to make it the treadmill show. She won't do it. She's like, yep. no, no, I actually want to watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. See, I did that uh, uh, usually around every when we had our when, I, when we had our annual Halloween parties, and I had to fit into very tight clothing. Uh, I would always have a show that I would watch, kind of that same thing, like uh, 
on the treadmill back when we lived in Louisiana, like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was usually my go-to uh, treadmill show. My rewatch for that series was put on an episode for 40 minutes and, you know, walk and jog while watching hmm. The Avengers, Adventures of the Enterprise. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, I think that's a very good way to incentivize, you know, at least some activity. Yeah. You know. If you can manage to the boys, do it, which I have <laughs> with the boys. Yeah, so, but if you haven't been watching The Boys... You should be watching The Boys because most people have an Amazon Prime account and it's free. And yeah. uh, that show goes places where I never thought I would ever see anything live action, I should say, go. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, And you're only on halfway through season two. Just wait. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait, dude. Yeah. Uh, At this rate, it's going to be another year and a half for me, but <laughs> it's fine. Wait, season, the next season will be out in 2023, so... Uh, you, you, you might be able to catch up in time for them, but uh, yeah. So uh, I think uh, shoot, I don't. I don't really pull, I had my email up. I thought I also uh, played a game Tom. called uh, Stray. Have you heard of that one? Oh yeah, I did. I did. I finished that. Yeah. Oh, you finished it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I started it, and I just need to. I don't find a lot of time for games. I guess <laughs> I need to resume <laughs> it, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I started it before I went to LA cause it came out like two days before I think my trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so then when I got back, I finished it. Nice. It's pretty short, but uh very fun, beautiful game. The score, if you like soundtracks, the score is great. It's, it's a great uh, working soundtrack. It's not too intrusive, mm. but it's very moody. Uh, and uh, like you were saying, it's just a fun game. Like this, and the, it, it, it goes like the story, you're a lost cat basically, but in the future, and you'll right. see where it goes as you're as you're playing. You, you unlock tidbits of the world as you're playing, and it's very very interesting. Hmm. So, and it's it's just the right length to where it's not doesn't get uh, repetitive or just kind of monotonous in terms of uh, what you're doing. Because again, you're just a cat. Yeah. You're not a you're not a cat with a machine gun backpack and you know computer well you have computer ai talking to you but i mean yeah. you know you're not like a robot enhanced cat that can talk and has a bad attitude that has to fight this oppressive you know snake humanoid villain race or something you know it's, it's very it, it sticks to the aesthetic that, it, that it's char- the charm that sells it uh, but mm. speaking of games like that too there's a new game that just came out yesterday i think i really want to play called roller dome uh where it looks like tony hawk mix of max Payne. Oh. Uh, it's on PlayStation right now, and I think Steam as well. But uh, Roller Drome, excuse me, not Roller Dome. But it uh, looks pretty cool. It's got a really kind of fluid cell-shaded look to it. Uh, I want to check that out. But like I said, I've been playing Apex a lot. And, uh, we're, you know, let's see, what is this? End of August, so we're going to get to the end of the year, so a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of other games will be coming out soon. So i got to finish Far Cry 5. Uh, yeah, kind of started that and the, kind of dropped uh... it. I just picked up the sequel to Far Cry 5, and I played that co-op, so we're going to go resume that. Um, I didn't even know it had a sequel till <laughs> I was informed of it. I also picked up 6, just in case, because they were both on sale, so it was time. Did I say 5? Uh, actually, I, I meant 6, excuse me. Oh, okay. Did you ever name. play the sequel yes, to 5? Uh, the, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Not What were you, like, play as the, uh, the cult uh, guy? I have no idea who you play as. I just know it takes place at the end of five, which I don't want to. Th- oh wait, no, with there. the two, with the with the yeah, okay, yes, yes, I did. Okay, yeah, 
I know because they had like a subtitle to it or something. Yes, I did play. The yeah, sequel. I didn't yeah. even know it was a sequel until I was informed. I was like, oh, okay, because it was a weird ending to five. But then yeah. that it, the story keeps going, so I can. I was like, all right, I'm into that. Yeah, I enjoy. Uh, that Far Cry is just a fun series, just to kind of just to play. Yeah, it's not just too to deep. Have fun it's, in the world and <laughs> yeah, cause some chaos. Because I was interested so, yeah, in getting the, uh, was it Tom Clancy sequel to Wildlands? But I, you know the reviews are poor. Yeah, I've heard that was like terrible. Like when it came out, I yeah. just remember hearing like it was just bad, bad. So that was on the list, but just gonna wait for a sale if I'm gonna do that. It's, but yeah, yeah I don't want to get anything to these days unless it's something I've been anticipating or it's on sale. Yeah, like that's with Stray. Like I'm not sure if you have the. What I guess did you play it on PC or uh, yeah I'm PlayStation? On PC. Okay, because it was free on PlayStation if you have PlayStation Plus. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, which was pretty cool because I was like, oh, I got to set aside thirty bucks for Stray, and I was like, oh, it's free with your PlayStation Plus <laughs> Premier account. I was like, oh, hell, <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Roller Drone would be free too, but it's not. But mm. I'm gonna pick it up just for the the fun of it. It looks quirky yeah. enough to just have some fun with. It looks like a game but, that would be free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the visuals of it right now. It looks fine. It's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'll let you know. But anyway, if you want to let us know what you think about Iron Eagle or any other thing we've covered or any kind of other emails you'd like to send, 80srevisited at gmail.com, on Facebook, 80srevisitedpodcast, on Instagram, 80s underscore revisited, and shout out to our good friends near and far, Cajun Toy Review, John on YouTube. Check out his uh, YouTube reviews on toys and all sorts of cool stuff. And of course, Doomslayer, Ben Wyatt down there in Tasmania with TCW. Doomslayer got his second win at the latest TCW event. Mm-hmm. So hey, that's he's, you know once that mask came off, he's two and zero. So keep it up, Ben. Yeah, I think he beat uh, a guy named. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, well, hey, you should, hey, I mean, come on, man. You can don't. <laughs> first of all, you can't bet for Biff Malibu. I mean, yeah, come I on, tried. man. But he was <laughs> he thought it was him. his day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Ben's keeping it real out there in Tasmania with TCW. Check him out. Plane tilt pulling Tom. I know you sent a message about some something. I can't remember where I, where you sent that at. I'll, I'll find it for next episode. But uh, leave a review, whether it's good or bad. We don't care. Uh, all that we ask, if you're going to take the time to leave a bad review, elaborate as to why. And just keep in mind that if you're going to say something that's not true, you will be called out on it because we keep receipts mm-hmm. about everything. So don't say we bash Spielberg when that's not the case or we or too woke or whatever when we're apparently, you know, well, they probably didn't make it to the point. Good people. <laughs> of course, of course. But, uh, anyway, uh, next week, uh, got some exciting news next week, but, uh, next week's film is going to be the Patrick Swayze classic roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need some more Swayze on the podcast. It's been a far, far too long. Honestly, it's just cause roadhouse. When I think of Patrick Swayze, I, I, I just forget he's yet? dead. That's crazy. Yep, I was looking back. I was like, "Wait a second, I need to, uh, we need some <laughs> movies that go with the theme of the next month, which we'll reveal next episode." Uh, and a shirtless Patrick Swayze fits the theme, and you'll, more on that next week mm-hmm. <laughs> as we go into all the details about that. So, until then, I will hopefully remain Trey Harris, Jesse Sedgley, Cowabunga, Iron Eagle.